Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We go comedy alive from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. Hey, girl, it is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who's not using a cheat sheet to get through a press conference. Yeah, the good news is Joe Biden finally took questions from reporters. The bad news is they were written down on a card in his hand and given to him ahead of time. We have a president that is clearly not all there. Man, oh boy, oh man. We will discuss it with Shannon Bream, the belle of the cable news ball, host of Fox News Sunday, who will join us to discuss the latest play at the political theater we call the White House. Uh, And of course, Daniel Turner, executive director of Power the Future, weighs in on a shameless attempt by the head of the teachers union, Randy Weingarten, to pretend she did not push for school closings in the summer of 2020. This is total crap. It really is. 888-788-9910, the phone number if you want to be a part of this audio safe space for cool people where everyone is welcome, regardless of their political ideology. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what color you are. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how dumb you are. No, ma'am. Around here, you could be a Republican. You could be a Democrat. You could be an independent. You could be a libertarian. You could identify as a furry. You could be walking around with a saddle on telling me you're a horse. (laughs) We don't care. All we ask, Secretariat, Seabiscuit, is that you don't be a... There it is. Happy Thursday, everybody. And it's a big Thursday for your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. I, of course, will be on Gutfeld tonight uh, with our lovable comedy dwarf, Greg Gutfeld, tonight at 11 o'clock. We're getting that band back together. I will also be on Kennedy at 7 p.m. on the Fox Business Network, the very show that gave me my start. Of course, that is not the big news in TV today. The big news is that talk show icon Jerry Springer has left this earth at the age of 79. Uh, Shout out to Jerry Springer, who heads off to TV heaven. He'd be happy to know that a lot of the cross-dressing weirdos and transsexual Satan worshipers that appeared on his show are now working in the Biden administration (laughs) as we speak. What the hell is the world coming to? I do not know. But yes, if you spent the 90s or the aughts getting into a fistfight on the set of a Springer show, there's a good chance you're spending this decade inside. The White House. But I bring up the White House not because of what's going on inside, but because of what went on outside yesterday. Joe Biden gave a press conference with the South Korean president. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did. And in the process of calling on reporters, an astute photographer, a videographer, not that I've ever met either in that profession, but no, an astute photographer, an astute videographer, captured an image of Biden, and he was holding in his hand a cheat sheet that not only, not only contained the name of the reporter and the correct pronunciation of the reporter, 
but also the question she was going to ask. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? I'll explain right now. What's going on here is the media is failing the American people in this moment. Journalism in this country is dead and buried. There's a commentary about Biden and the fact that his elevator might not go all the way to the top floor. Okay, we know that. We've had this discussion. Yeah, he's old. How old is he, Jimmy? You know, that kind of thing. The other night, Jill said, come upstairs and make love to me. And Joe said, I can't do both. You know, stupid. I've seen younger faces on money. Stupid. I'm being silly. But the point is, we've talked at great length about his age. But when it comes to the press, their job is to hold people in power accountable. But instead, they're holding people in power up. The media is a bunch of losers. Make no mistake about it. I'm not going to exhaust my time on Biden here because it's the Los Angeles Times and any other news outlet that deserves our ire in this moment. So let me give it this to you. Okay, Biden's sitting there yesterday at a press conference. The card he's holding says question number one. And then it displays the name, pronunciation, and a portrait of L.A. Times White House reporter Courtney Subramanian along with a general summary of her yet-to-be-asked question about reshoring semiconductor manufacturing. Biden is such a disaster. And why do I say that? Because this is, you know, the guy is supposed to be in charge of the whole country. This is supposed to be the most feared man in the land. You know, like bad, bad Leroy Brown, baddest dude in the whole damn, that whole thing. Our Leroy Brown has a teleprompter. (laughs) at best, or a cheat sheet at worst because he doesn't have the faculties to converse in real time. This man needs a retirement home and a warm bowl of soup. And the reason you harp on that is because the guy just launched a re-election bid in 2024. That's right. Congratulations. You're being offered a second cruise aboard the Titanic. (laughs) I know the first one wasn't the best, but trust me, the iceberg was caused by climate change. If you give us another shot here, we'll get those pesky Republicans to help us out. But in the meantime, yes, welcome back aboard the Titanic as everybody tries to jump off. But the reality is he's running for president a second time, not in spite of the fact that he needs a cheat sheet to take questions from reporters, but because of the fact that he needs to have a cheat sheet to take questions from reporters. He knows what he's talking about. Okay, Joe Biden isn't the president. He's not the president now. He won't be the president in 2024. Okay, the bureaucrats that run this administration, that have treated this entire presidency like an iTunes user agreement, they're the ones in charge. Okay, the ones that tell him to scroll to the bottom of whatever ridiculous far left idea they come up with and click I agree. That's who's running your country right now. You know, the people who handed him an executive order on the first day of his administration and said, hey, we're going to kill the Keystone Energy Pipeline. We're going to take out 10,000 American jobs sacrificed at the altar of environmental virtue signaling. Now, yes, it's going to cause more damage to the climate because we're still going to need to import fuel and we're still going to get it produced from countries that burn it 42 percent filthier than we do. But never mind that. Just scroll to the bottom and click. I agree. You know, the rapidly rising uh, um, uh, in with uh, with uh, I don't know. uh, That's this presidency. Biden is being run behind the scenes. 
and we look at this and we see that cheat sheet and we see the picture of the reporter. Again, this is not a press conference. A press conference is, all right, we're going to take a few questions. Who? Over there. You, them, they, whatever. You go. That's not live ammo. What you're watching is a play where not only does he have this card, but you understand the other actors in the play in this case, they happen to be the reporters. Bingo. Okay, the reporters are complicit in doing this. That's where I say the media is failing all Americans. The reporters were willing to go to the White House and say, hey, here are the questions I'd like to ask at today's press conference. Here's my press credentials so you can have a picture for the president so he knows who to look for. Here's the correct pronunciation of my name so he doesn't embarrass himself trying to say it. And, yes, here is the question so you can prepare him ahead of time to answer it. Folks, that's not a press conference. That is a play. Correct the mundo. But you know who else is watching the play? Not just astute photographers that are like, what's going on here? This doesn't look good. But our enemies around the world. They see a president who doesn't have the cognitive ability to spontaneously interact with the public. They see a president who's not in charge. They watch this and they go, oh, I get it. So Biden's not the guy in charge. OK, it's the woke lefties that are prioritizing the pronouns in the military. It's the craziest thing I've ever heard. You know, you're on a you're in a battlefield. Hurt feelings are not applicable. It's war. Okay, no enemy is going to be swayed if we drive an electric army tank onto the battlefield with a coexist sticker on the back. Nobody's scared of an army that has a T-shirt that says hate has no home here on the front. They're not scared. We're prioritizing a lot of the wrong things. And it's the people, okay, that are doing that prioritizing that happen to be in charge of our government. That can't be good. So you understand in political circles. The fact that Biden has a cheat sheet and can't get through a press conference live would traditionally be disqualifying. But in this day and age where they want an empty vessel, they want a Trojan horse, they want somebody in power who can lend a face and a signature to their far left agenda. That's what's going on in the White House. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. And the media playing along with this, I need you to understand if you're a liberal. Okay, this is not a conservative talk show. I'm a conservative. I live. I lean to the right unapologetically. So I'm upfront about that. Okay, but it's not a conservative talk show in that I'm just sitting here all day trying to get people to vote Republican. That's not my job. I'm not an activist. I'm a talk show host. I'm just hanging out. I'm a 45 year old man who plays video games. I shouldn't be in charge of our democracy. Would you stop it? But the point is, people on the left need to understand that the media is failing them, too. Traditionally, your mindset is, well, the media only bashes Republicans. They don't ever say anything bad about Democrats, so that's good for me because I'm a Democrat. They're going to help me out. No, it's bad for you because when the media doesn't hold people in power accountable, you can wind up with people in power who don't have any qualification or ability to be there. I got a bad feeling about this. That's what we're dealing with now. Biden was asked about his age yesterday. One of the questions on one of the cheat sheets, (laughs) Biden, you know, just to be clear, okay, the press is now asking Biden tough questions like, what's your name? (laughs) What's your wife's name? (laughs) What what state are you in? They're asking those questions. Uh Oh, I'm in trouble. Well, not as long as he has his cheat sheet. Here is Biden pressed about his age. Clip one. With regard to age, uh, I can't even say, I guess how old I am. I can't even say the number. It doesn't, it doesn't register with me. And, uh, but the only thing I can say is that um, 
one of the things that people are going to find out, they're going to see a race, and they're going to judge whether or not I have it or don't have it. I respect them taking a hard look at it. I take a hard look at it as well. I took a hard look at it before I decided to run. And, uh, and I feel good. I feel excited about the prospects. And I think we're on the verge of really turning the corner in a way we haven't in a long time. I mean, dude. You don't have a clue. <laughs> I took a hard look at it before I ran last time. No, you didn't because you didn't run last time. Make no mistake about it. Joe Biden stayed home in 2020. The media ran his campaign for them. They got on TV every day and went like, Trump's getting us all killed by COVID, doesn't know what he's doing. Trump's making a vaccine. It's junk. He's basically baking it with Barron for the school science fair. They're not doing the baking soda volcano. It's just Trump and Barron making this vaccine. Don't take it. It's junk. I mean, Biden and Kamala said it themselves. Let's just say there's a vaccine that is approved and even distributed before the election. Would you get it? Well, I think that's going to be an issue for all of us. If and when the vaccine comes, it's not likely to go through all the tests that needs to be and the trials that are needed to be done. When we finally do, God willing, get a vaccine, who's going to take the shot? Who's going to take the shot? You can be the first one to say, put me, sign me up. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Who's going to take the shot? Everybody. Because the same guy who said who's going to take the shot turned out to mandate you taking the shot. That's just how white folks will do you. Think about that. On the campaign trail, who's going to take this crap? It's monkey pee. I'm not injecting that into my arm. And then they get elected and they're like, mandatory. Do you see the game being played here? This is all political theater designed to get the audience to applaud at the end of the play and vote Democrat. But you understand the Democrats don't know what they're doing right now. Okay, the murder rate is up through the roof because of woke bail reforms passed by Democrats. Everything woke turns to again, your gas prices now up 30 cents in the last month. Is anyone in the media reporting that? The answer would be no. Weird. Inflation's at a 40 year high. We're at the precipice of World War Three and we're outsourcing our domestic energy production. Once we were net exporters of energy which gives us a lot more power on the world stage to achieve and project peace through strength, we've relinquished that under Biden. Do you understand the people in charge right now are running the country into the ground? If the left is succeeding, the economy's good, the streets are safe, I don't care if they win another election. Big box priorities are the ones that matter to me. Am I safe? Can my buddies get jobs? Or are freedoms intact? The answer would be no. None of those questions can be answered yes right now. And that's why, okay, this party doesn't deserve another chance in power. That's why nobody is buying this political play. Okay, especially not when it's being sold to us by a president who needs a cheat sheet and talks to dead people that aren't even in the room anymore. It's the horror film that's ruining the country. Joe Biden stars in The 46th Sense. I see dead people. Our 46th president has lost his mind, and he's communicating with the dead. Jackie, are you here? Where's Jackie? And if that weren't scary enough, his stupid staffers thinks it's fine. That is not an unusual, uh, unusual scenario there. Democrats have always had spending problems, but this senile senior is sending a stack of dead presidents 
to dead people. They're going to be getting checks in the mail that are consequential this week. The 46th Sense. Pay them more, more. Now playing at the White House and coming soon to a 25th Amendment near you. It's the number one children's show in the country. He's a lot better at radio than he is being a dad. Oh, snap. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. All right, this one's for the fellas who want to tap the brakes on the aging process. How do you do that, Jimbo? We're talking about Nugenics Total T. Okay, every day that passes by is a day that you lose testosterone, which means less muscle, less energy, less get up and go in the bedroom. That doesn't sound any fun. But are you really ready to lose your shape, your muscle, maybe even in your energy? You don't have to. Okay, you can slow it down with Nugenics Total T. Nugenics Total T, it'll boost free and total testosterone, and it'll help you get the old fire back at work, in the gym, in the bedroom. How about it? Nugenics Total T Testosterone Booster has Testafin, which will boost your testosterone. You know, the man hormone. How about more of that? You can try Nugenics Total T before you buy. There's nothing to lose, everything to gain. Now get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T when you text 231-231 and enter the the keyword Jimmy. Text now. You'll get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo X, the newest and most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you lose fat fast and get lean fast. It is absolutely free. Your complimentary sample available to you if you text 231-231 and enter keyword Jimmy. It's 231-231 and you enter the keyword Jimmy. Texting enrolls you in a recurring automated text messages. Consent not required to purchase. Message and data rates may apply. Here's the clip. I open the show talking about Biden needing a cheat sheet to get through a press conference. Biden's lost his marbles. A lot of people feel that way. Watching him use a cheat sheet to answer this question is why. Let's grade this answer. Now understand he is holding the question and answer in his hand. Clip two. Now we're going to take some questions. The first question is from Courtney of the Los Angeles Times. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. President. Your top economic priority has been to build up U.S. domestic manufacturing in competition with China. But your rules against expanding chip manufacturing in China is hurting South Korean companies that rely heavily on Beijing. Are you damaging a key ally in the competition with China to help your domestic politics ahead of the election? So he had that question ahead of time. That was embarrassing. We're going to cut his answer to the question so you can hear the answer to the question uh, because it's pretty funny. And the thing is, you know, the rest of the world doesn't actually, like, turn on CNN and MSNBC and go, tell us what to think about Joe Biden and we'll take your word for it. No, the rest of the world watches Joe Biden and forms their own opinion of Joe Biden. This could be a problem. It's a big problem. But it's one of the reasons so many people are jumping into the Republican race. Here's Tim Scott. He was on with Brian Kilmeade last night. And, uh, you know, you hear Tim Scott on the show a lot. He launched an exploratory committee and will ultimately wind up launching a actual presidential committee in the coming weeks, as is Ron DeSantis. There's reporting on that we're going to get to. But here is Tim Scott explaining basically in a nutshell why everyone on earth wants to run for the Republican nomination. It's not that they think Trump's going to be easy to get through, but it's because, heaven forbid, you pull off the upset. You've got a paper champion in Joe Biden. Here it is. Clip three. 
But more importantly, I know that I can beat Joe Biden. That is the issue on the table. If I get in this race and I hope to have a decision before the end of May, I believe that we beat Joe Biden, period. Wow. I don't know, Tim Scott. You're talking about taking out a constitutional scholar. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go. You know the you know the thing. Do you really want to get in the ring with a guy who will lead an effective strategy to mobilize true interaction? Never mind, Tim Scott, that that takes away your black card. Do you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black? Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. It's America's Life Coach. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is. Boom. Doing a damn thing here on the radio. I'll be on the TV tonight with Gutfeld and Kennedy. 11 o'clock Eastern on the Fox News Channel. And we're taking this thing on the road. Tomorrow night I'll be down in the swamp. I'll be at the D.C. Bureau doing my show live from D.C. tomorrow. It's the White Horse House Correspondents Dinner this weekend. So I'll be yucking it up with my fellow colleagues from places like MSNBC and CNN. CNN is the worst. All right, whatever. The point is tomorrow and uh, Saturday are the Super Bowl of media. And as somebody who works in media, I'll be down there yucking it up. And you can watch me live Saturday night from the White House Correspondents' Dinner. I'll be reporting from the red carpet with Lawrence Jones. He'll be back in New York. And uh, I'm going to do like four or five TV hits from the carpet over the course of the night. So, you know, like when... Big stars arrive. Then I'll do a hit when they're, you know, cutting up Biden's food for him and, you know, pointing them in the right direction on the way off the after the way off the stage. I joke because it's a coping mechanism. The guy's a mess. If you like Biden so much, name three of his complete sentences. But I don't want to harp on Biden at the moment because there's another thing that went on yesterday. I was on with Jesse Waters last night. Uh, it's seven o'clock. If you missed the hit. It's on the Fox Across America website. It's on the Fox Across America Facebook page. We were talking about something called COVID revisionist history. And what I mean by that is everybody who forced the vaccine on you, everybody who fought for school closures, everybody who fired people from jobs, turned the National Guard loose on truckers that protested the vaccine mandate, they're all now pretending they had nothing to do with any of it. Come on, don't bullshit me. So yesterday, the American Federation of Teachers president, Randy Weingarten, she sat down, was questioned uh, on the Hill about her role in shutting down schools, about her role in having a direct phone line to Rochelle Walensky, the CDC director, and getting a draft of the CDC's school closure guidelines two weeks before they were released. Now, why did she get them two weeks before they were released? So she could suggest edits to the scripts. That's true. That is true. Now, I'm going to play you some clips here. And Randy Weingarten says they're not edits. They're concepts. 
You know, an edit would be we say change this. No, no, we gave you a a concept instead. Not an. I mean, come on. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. The point is, we could debate semantics all day. But she was given a copy of the CDC guidance two weeks ahead of time so the teachers' unions could suggest edits, suggest changes, suggest a new way to word things, a new set of ground rules before you could reopen the schools. They got $190 billion at a national level uh, from the federal government for COVID measures and spent none of the money on COVID. What a fraud. And the reason they spent none of the money on, excuse me, on COVID and on kids is because the teachers union did not prioritize the kids. Randy Weingarten, so you understand, is a celebrity liberal activist. The head of the American Federation of Teachers is a celebrity liberal activist. She goes wherever there is a liberal cause on the line and campaigns. Remember the three amigos? Whatever there is injustice, we'll be there. Wherever freedom is threatened, we'll be there. That's Randy Weingarten. Wherever there's a debate over climate change, she'll be there. Wherever a liberal governor is seeking re-election, she'll be there. Randy Weingarten, the head of the American Federation of Teachers, flew to Ukraine for a photo op with Zelensky. Now, I'm not bad-mouthing Zelensky. I'm not a Putin puppet. I'm just asking a question. Does meeting with the president of Ukraine have anything to do with helping American school kids? Not even close. Not even a little. It's Zelensky is the new Coachella. Liberals fly to see Zelensky and get the selfie. It's like you got to go to Coachella. You know, here's a photo of me with a hot band, you know. Here's a photo of me with the guy in the camouflage. That's what the liberals do. Zelensky is the new Coachella. And Randy Weingartner, if you want to be a celebrity liberal activist, you've got to make the scene. So she flew to Ukraine for the selfie and flew back. You know what else she did? She campaigned for Gretchen Whitmer up and down and sideways in the state of Michigan. She also campaigned, do you remember this? For Kathy Hochul, the awful governor who replaced Hansi Andy Cuomo. Andy! Okay, she was on the stump for all of them. You know what else she did? She went to the Supreme Court and fought for student loan forgiveness, protested, gave that big temper tantrum of a speech about college kids having their student loans forgiven. Does that have anything to do with the kids that she's supposed to care about in actual elementary, middle, and high school? The answer would be no. She's a celebrity liberal activist. Okay, her cause is not the kids. It's the Democratic Party. Her cause... Okay, when it came to COVID was the fact that a lot of great teachers out there wanted to teach, but there was no way in hell she was going to let them because herself and the higher ups in the union liked day drinking in their pajamas, rosé all day. They didn't want to have a discussion about facts or science because the American Academy of Pediatrics told us in the summer of 2020, the summer of 2020, Pre-vaccine, when COVID had just hit our shores and we had all just finished watching Tiger King, the American Federation of, uh, excuse me, the American Academy of Pediatrics said, put the kids in the classroom. They're safer. Okay, they have infinitesimally low rates of COVID transmission levels. Thank God. They're not particularly vulnerable to this virus if they get it. Thank God. And oh, by the way, they learn a lot more in person than they do over Zoom. Okay, 
Never mind that it's a lot easier for a teacher to diagnose a kid who comes from an abusive household if they can see the kid in person every day and notice changes in their mood, notice changes in their physical appearance, such as scratches or bruises. Putting 30 kids on Zoom means the teacher doesn't have the same oversight, the same connection, and it also means the kids don't have the same level of engagement, which is why one in three kids in this country can't read at a grade level. I love the poorly educated. But here is Randy Weingarten telling you with a straight face that in February of 2020, they did everything they could to open back up. This is clip 12. We spent every day from February on trying to get schools open. We knew that remote education was not a substitute for opening schools, but we also knew that people had to be safe. And maybe it's because I live in New York City. I live near a hospital. Every other minute there was an ambulance There was terror. Our members were terrified. Others were terrified. And what we were simply looking for was clear scientific guidance. And when we couldn't get it, we did it ourselves. And we worked with doctors and we worked with others. And we just tried to get it out there. I mean, you told some of the biggest lies that I've ever heard of in my whole life. Okay, we were looking for scientific guidance. Yo, the American Academy of Pediatrics, the highest authority on childhood health in this country, said reopen the schools. There is no higher form of pediatric guidance. Did Randy Weingarten heed that guidance? (laughs) No. She went out and campaigned for Joe Biden and Democrats in the 2020 election. She went out and claimed reopening schools was white supremacist. It was based in racism. She encouraged the Chicago teachers unions, if you remember, when they were done recording those flash mob interpretive dance videos. They protested the reopenings by carrying coffins to a press conference and drawing attention to the fact that they all claimed they were going to die. And so were the kids. That was embarrassing. It was humiliating, but we're living in the death of shame where these people have no self-respect. They're willing to look into a camera and do anything. And before you think I'm being cavalier with the health of our kids, understand I have a kid and I would never roll the dice on his health in any way. He's the only thing that makes me feel alive after 20 years of driving a cab and working in stand-up comedy. Are you kidding me? Come on, man. But understand when I say, when I say that they were absolutely ignoring the science, I say that because there were schools that stayed open and didn't suffer a spike in COVID or a spike in death. They were called Catholic schools, and the teachers' unions pretended they didn't exist. Oh, wow! Do you understand the Catholic schools that stayed open and kept in-person learning? didn't get a spike in COVID. They didn't get a spike in death. They didn't get a spike in teacher death, thank God. They didn't get a spike in student illness or death, thank God. And we had that data available to us all throughout 2020. And did the teachers' unions make any effort to acknowledge it? The answer would be no. Not even a little. They have so much power over the Democratic Party that even in the fall, when the CDC was getting ready to update its guidance, Okay, the American Federation of Teachers increased its lobbying efforts to the CDC and spent even more cash 
to get their way. That's the thing. And that's why they carry so much sway in the party is that they are the biggest lobbyist arm of the Democrats. Money, 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 money. Think about this. She's asked if parents or teachers care more for kids. Uh, She can't even give you an answer to the question, which is an answer. It's clip 14. Who cares more about a child's education, the teacher's union or the child's parents? I would say that um, Mr. Jordan or Representative Jordan, teachers, parents and teachers care about kids. Obviously, parents care about their own kids more than probably anyone else. But teachers and parents are real partners in children's education. Okay, that's fine. So, So you would say, but I ask you, who cares more? You would say parents. Well, parents, parents care. Look, I'm not... I'm, I'm not here to be in a competition. Parents are so important in children's lives. No kidding. Teachers are so important in children's lives, too. Oh, shut up, woman. Yeah, parents are impor- so important in children's lives. Even though her and the left and the schools and the unions she presides over on the West Coast are encouraging sanctuary transitions for students. If a kid wants to switch genders... She's in support of working around the parents and not telling them what's going on. It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. So don't give me this crowd. The parents are so important, you know, unless the five-year-old wants to submit themselves to a lifetime supply of surgeries and medications, at which point the parents can just go sit on the timeout step over there. Jim Jordan asked her about the culture wars in the schools. Let's get into that. Clip 15. Who started the culture wars? Um... I know that when you have banning of books, like a book about well, let me ask Frank, you, let me ask you this, like a, a book a around about Roberto Clemente, like a book about R- Ruby Bridges, that's wrong. Those that who think, let in, me ask you this, those things were in Those Florida. who think boys should compete against boys in sports, or those who think boys can compete against girls in sports, which one, which side started the culture war? Which one of those positions? Sir, I am talking about, when I talk about the culture wars, I am talking about things like book banning. I'm talking about things like stopping teachers from teaching honest is it a Is it starting a culture war if you think uh, literature should be age-appropriate? That's not, a, that's not starting I believe a that war. literature should be age-appropriate, too. You are so full of sh- She's calling out book bans on books that had sexual passages in them. That were so graphic, the media couldn't cover them on TV. Give DeSantis credit for this. DeSantis did a press conference. I played you the clips right here on the air where he read passages from children's books that are in elementary school libraries. And the media was forced to cut away because it was too graphic to air on the news where they show shootings and beheadings and things crashing and blowing up and exploding but they couldn't read these passages on TV. That's what's in school libraries. That's what's getting banned. And the Democrats are like, oh, this is fascism. Like, no, no, it's not fascism. This is just we don't want to read penthouse letters to little kids. I think it's a pretty reasonable position to take, but it's not a position Randy Weingarten takes. But here she is flat out saying she had a direct phone number of Wachelle Walensky, clip 16. Government. Do you have a direct number to, to Director Walensky? Do I have Director Walensky's direct number? Yes. Yes, I have Director Walensky's direct number. Well, hopefully she'll give it to me, too. Thank you. Think about that for a second. Okay, a senator doesn't have 
a member of the government that Rochelle Walensky is supposedly a part of doesn't have a direct line to the CDC director. But an outside, unaffiliated entity like the teachers' union does, okay? This is ridiculous. Yes, why is it ridiculous? Because it means the teachers' union is making the very health guidance, not the science, but the political science. That's what's ruling the roost here. And when they turn around and now try to say, I never fought for school closures, dude, you got the guidance on reopening two weeks before everyone else did. And then they changed their positions at your behest to keep schools closed in some locales. To this day, don't acknowledge any of the COVID data. We were so desperate for guidance that, you know, we just pretended the American Academy of Pediatrics never spoke. We were so desperate for data that, you know, we just pretended Catholic schools didn't exist and weren't open for years without incident. Dude, it's a scam. It's a scam in that they donate so much money to the Democratic Party that they call the shots on science. Do you understand? Again, I'm not saying this is a Republican. I'm saying this is American. They shouldn't be able to do that if the Republicans are present. I wouldn't be happy if the teachers unions determined the science instead of the actual scientist, instead of the American Academy of Pediatrics. But that's exactly what went on. And now that kids lost two years of academic gains because teachers wanted to drink rosé all day and do flash mobs and hang out, and they realized just how much damage has been done to the kids on a social level, on an intellectual level, they're trying to pretend they weren't a part of any of it. Stop lying to us. The show that's not afraid to hit the road. The stars at night are big and bright. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Here's another dirtbag working an exercise in COVID revisionist history. Uh, Bill Gates, who keeps going around the world lecturing us on COVID responses, as if anybody cares. Praising China, you know, the country that lied about its data and the ability of the virus to transmit from person to person. Here's Bill Gates saying China did a good job. Clip 20. Typical, fairly authoritarian way. They did a very good job of suppressing the the virus. Uh, You know, there may have been a lot of individual rights that were violated there, but the overall macro effect that they achieved uh, is, is, you know, kind of um, kind of amazing. they had the benefit that it was really Hubei, you know, 60 million people, and they brought in the health resources, 1.4 billion, and their ability to build hospitals uh, very, very quickly and force compliance with masks and, and various other things. But they've kept the virus numbers to very low levels uh, compared to most countries. Thank you for the education, gentlemen. We've just received a Ph.D. in stupidity. Yo, here's a newsflash. You know how China kept the virus numbers low? They lied about them. Okay. They also lied about the ability of this virus to spread from person to person for three months would put us all behind the eight ball. And yes, they did violate rights in a major way, and Bill Gates praises them. Get them out of here. Get them out. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. 
Hey, girl, here we go, here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. Broadcasting, as we always do, from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. Another big hour of Fox Across America coming up. We kind of stack the deck today. Uh, Shannon Bream, the host of Fox News Sunday, a woman far too classy for this show. There's about a 200-point IQ gap between me and her. Uh, but I will dumb it down so she can keep up. She's coming up around the country. You are so dumb. You are really dumb. For real. I'm just being silly. We're also going to hear from Daniel Turner in this hour. He is the founder and executive director of Power of the Future. And uh, we'll be getting into, uh, it's almost becoming like like a trans roundup in talk radio and in cable news. Every, you know, every day there's a new ridiculous story where we're throwing biology out the window and pretending everybody's the same. Boys are boys from the beginning. If you were born a boy, you stay a boy. Girls are girls right from the start. If you were born a girl, you stay a girl and grow up to be a lady. Oh, my gosh. Mr. Rogers, if he said that right now, in the modern Democratic Party? He should be behind bars! <laughs> they, might lock, they might lock him up. If, imagine Fred Rogers walked into the Biden administration and pulled... Only girls can be the mommies. Only boys can be the daddies. Yes, sir. <laughs> They'd be like... Why do you do things like that? You're like a crazy person! It's a classic exercise in projection. They want you to believe you're crazy for honoring biology, for acknowledging the existence of science and biology. They want you to believe that you're the dumb one in this conversation. That's where we are right now. Okay, I'm going to give you a quick story on this because there's another weird controversy. First of all, yesterday over in London, a biological man— named Glenn, registered for the women's marathon, said his name was Glenique, and beat 14,000 women. (laughs) (laughs) Did this guy have lady parts? The answer would be no. Did he get rid of his man parts? The answer would be no. Did they stop him from competing in the women's race anyway? The answer would be no. I mean, folks... Really think about this for a second. Hey, my name's Glenn, but for this race, I'm going by Glenique. And I'm going to beat 14,000 women. That's not right. But that's what he did. Why? They've been able to achieve this erasure of women, this hyper-inclusion. It's a scam through nothing more than social pressure. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? I just told you what's going on here. The Democrats, the left... All around the world, trans rights is a new manufactured civil rights movement where they've taken the trans community and they're weaponizing their very existence by saying you've got to grant every far left policy agenda item or you're a murderer. You're a transphobe. You know, you're a bigot. You're going to get people killed. I'll give you one. Zoe Zephyr is a representative from Montana member of the state legislature, who is against the fact, okay, that the Montana state legislature wants to deny little kids the right to switch genders. Now, to be clear, 
No one in their right mind thinks a kid in a fluid stage of development should have the right to permanently alter their body through surgery and commit themselves to a lifetime of follow-up procedures and medications. Yet there are members of the medical community and psychological communities that are advocating for it. Why? Money, 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 money. Okay, in the medical community, they're making money off of these kids. They don't care if they mutilate themselves. But in the liberal community, they're making money off of these kids by using them, by using them as a form of fake oppression. Wow, look, all these uh, kids being denied gender-affirming care. It's agenda-affirming care. Five years ago, five years ago, we did not have three-year-old, four-year-old, five-year-old kids believing they were trapped in the wrong body because five years ago, it wasn't fashionable in the Liberal Party to do that. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. It's become like a boutique thing. You know how, like, Paris Hilton would walk around with a dog in a purse? That's the new thing in certain wings of the Liberal, uh, you know, factions of this country is, like, having a trans kid is the new dog in a purse. They're crazy. And I don't wish any ill will to any member of the trans community. They should feel accepted and safe in our society. But when it comes to surgically altering the healthy bodies of young children, I can't get behind that. And I say that not because of anti-trans, but because I'm pro-development. I have a son. He is 14. He has grown up on the battlefront of this culture war. And I have seen his preferences change so profoundly that I can tell you with great confidence it would be reckless and barbaric to deny a child their right to evolve, okay? 14-year-old Lincoln in just the last two years has gone from I hate sports, I don't watch them, why do you have this crap on, to a guy who is now on every ball field he can get his hands on. I'm just saying, you can't get a pair of cleats onto the kid fast enough. Just all he does is talk to you about sports. All he wants to do is play sports. He plays, or he plays baseball for his school, plays football for his school. He plays in an organized basketball league. He also plays in a flag football league. He also plays in a intramural baseball league. He can't play enough sports. Two years ago, he didn't like sports, detested sports. So if two years ago I would have gotten him a procedure and a lifetime supply of medication That would just make him never want to indulge sports again. He would have missed out on that evolution. Now, again, it's sports. It could be a superficial pursuit at times. But you realize with people's gender, okay, when you talk about hormone blockers, when you talk about shooting people up with extra hormones and then having one half of the party tell them they're under attack and we want to kill them, okay, you're being a lot more cavalier with the well-being of these children than anybody on the right who is clearly saying, Trans people are welcome. We just want you to wait until you're at least above the age of 18 and you have the full authority of your decision-making process to embark on such an endeavor. And the only other element to our discussion is we don't think biological men should be competing against biological women because we know there's a clear advantage. Leah Thomas was the 432nd ranked male swimmer in the world. She was ranked 432nd as a male. She jumped into the pool of a woman and broke every record known to man. Okay, if the 432nd ranked male swimmer is better than any woman jumping in the pool, okay, there's no argument here. 
Okay, we could look at it from a Rocky Three standpoint. Would you think it was okay if Mr. T changed his name to Mrs. T and fought Adrian instead of Rocky? Do you think that's a fair fight? Shut up, fool! I mean, seriously, there's no, there's no world where we're, we're okay with Adrian having to fight Mrs. T. It's not going to be good. But there are people on the left that want you to believe it's all A-OK. And they're doing it for the political leverage. They're doing it for the fake oppression points. It allows them in a lot of ways to be this new racism. The race card doesn't work for Democrats anymore. It used to be a thing. Someone, you know, there was a time in our society where you didn't play the race card. It was embarrassing to do so. You're like, oh, I'm playing it right. Come on, man. There's more to it than that. Don't be so cheap. Don't cheapen this discussion. But then the Democrats weaponized the race card so hard in political discourse, agree with me, you're a racist, that it's now become laughable because they started telling us things like school closures, math is racist, orchestra is racist, climate change is racist, biology is racist. You can't say boy and guts race. I mean, what? But they did it so much because nine times out of ten it would get compliance from people. You don't want to get called a racist, so you're like, well, I guess I'll just go along with these people. I don't get called a racist all day. I don't want to tell my boss I'm a racist. So I guess I'll just agree that Mother Nature is racist. Climate change. Got to fund it because it's racist. A birthing person nature. Okay, that's what goes on. But I want you to hear this. This is Zoe Zephyr from the state of Montana claiming if we do not pass legislation allowing five-year-old kids to transition, the blood will be on our hands. Clip 39. When I rose up and said, there is blood on your hands, I was not being hyperbolic. I was speaking to the real consequences of the votes that we as legislators take in this body. And when the speaker asks me to apologize uh, on behalf of decorum, what he is really asking me to do is be silent when my community is facing bills that get us killed. He is asking me to be complicit in this legislature's eradication of our community and I refuse to do so, and I will always refuse to do so. That was absolutely dreadful. I mean, seriously, just so it. You must be crazy. When are you going to stop believing in something that isn't true? So do you understand what they voted for is they said, hey, we don't want four-year-olds, five-year-olds, six-year-olds. We don't want people under the age of 18 surgically altering their bodies in what could ultimately turn out to be a phase. We don't want them committing to a lifetime of follow-up surgeries and medications. They can do it. Just turn 18. Think of it as a boob job. People want boob jobs. Can't get one until you're 18. People want tattoos. Can't get one until you're 18. Do we consider that eradicating a community of people? The answer would be no. Seriously. I want to drive a car. You can't until you're old enough to drive a car. Do we frame that as eradicating the people who want to drive cars? The answer would be no. No, which is the blood is on your hands. Is she talking about the trans shooters pumped up on hormones that are shooting people right now because people like her are telling them they're under attack? But here's the key caveat to all of this. Zoe Zephyr herself or himself, I don't want to get this wrong, did not transition as a child. This person waited till they were a grown adult. Do you understand this is a scam and the casualty is the kids. They don't care what happens to these kids. These kids are cannon fodder in a culture war. 
the more of these kids we can create, you're trapped in the wrong body. Honey, you're having a bad day. I noticed you got a B plus on your test. Maybe you're trapped in the wrong body. You slept a little late today. Uh, you know, are you sure you're in the right body, honey? But I'm going to take you to a drag show, and you can hang out with other kids that might be trapped in the wrong body. And again, the people who truly feel trapped in the wrong body, let them get out. Let them go get surgery when they're old enough. Okay, but don't tell me in the meantime, the guy who's just fighting for their right to evolve and grow into whatever they're going to be is the barbarian here. Because I'm not committing them to a lifetime of irreversible surgery or medication. You know what else I'm not doing? Erasing biology. Okay, when a man who has no decorated career as a marathoner, okay, guys run races, he's just not like a favorite, can enter the London Marathon simply by changing his name and he beats 14,000 women. Okay, anybody that's okay with that is giving women and female athletes the finger. Straight up giving him the finger. I think he's got a point. It's called Title IX, not Title Nine Inches. What the hell did you just say? Listen, this is a scam. It's not right for women, and it's not right for kids. And the people, oh, there's blood on your hands. That's not a substantive argument. That's not responsible political discourse. That's just me fraudulently gaslighting the public over violence and death that you're going to cause if I don't get my way. What do we, what? Okay, where is this? Okay, if gender-affirming care wasn't around five years ago, then shouldn't we have these massive, because they tell us, well, if we don't let the five-year-olds transition, they're all going to kill themselves. Well, if that's the case, the fact that we are now allowing them to transition, shouldn't that be lowering the suicide numbers as we speak, seeing as it's going on right now? I'm telling you, that boy's a genius. Seriously, they say, oh, well, you know. You start banning these surgeries, everybody's going to start killing themselves. Okay, well, right now they're legal. Are the suicide numbers coming down? No. Okay, well, let's take it a step further. Okay, before these surgeries were even an option, was this, were there this big surge of suicides amongst people who wanted to gender transition? Were people reading those suicide notes? Because I got news for you. If they were, they'd be all over the news every damn day. Okay, the media blames Republicans and the NRA for shootings they have nothing to do with. They blame everybody but the shooter. Believe me, they tried blaming the victims after a trans shooter jacked up on hormones shot everybody in a Christian school. And did they say a word about his culpability in the massacre? The answer would be no. Of course not, because they're all a scam. It's the action film that identifies as number one at the box office. Sylvester Stallone is Tranbo. We can't change what we are. The woke military forced an elite commando to switch genders. I didn't want this! They took his nuts. But now he wants them back. You know where they are. Find them. Or I'll find you. Tranbo. Nothing is weird if you don't believe in who you are. Now playing in liberal theaters and coming soon to a women's swimming race near you. And I do what I have to do to win, but somebody wouldn't let us win. The show that leaves you without hope or change. I'm telling you, man, this stuff will poison your mind. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Here's some just, I mean, this is just embarrassing. 
The clip I play a lot about the media. Journalism in this country is dead and buried. The L.A. Times. Wow, buckle up. The L.A. Times has provided the following statement to Fox News Digital pertaining to the fact that Joe Biden did a press conference yesterday where he had a cheat sheet that listed the name of the L.A. Times reporter, had a picture of her, the correct pronunciation of her name, and the exact question she went on to ask. Now, obviously, people are saying, hey, come on, this isn't journalism. This is embarrassing. The president's pretending to be conducting a press conference, and the media is playing along, okay, by submitting the, co- the questions ahead of time. That was embarrassing. Okay, well, here is the L.A. Times claiming they didn't submit it beforehand. You're not telling me the truth. Here it is. Our reporter did not submit any questions in advance of the Q&A with President Biden. Courtney Subramanian covers the White House for the L.A. Times. As such, she is in regular contact with the White House press office, seeking information for her reporting. You would have to ask the White House who prepared the document for the president and why they included that question. You were lying your ass off. Okay, so this is what they want you to believe. The White House just randomly guessed a question. This girl might ask and got it right. Come on, don't bullshit me. Again, stick with me. Because the card he is holding has her name and says that she wants to ask him about domestic manufacturing. Here it is. Here's the exact question. Clip two. Now we're going to take some questions. The first question is from Courtney of the Los Angeles Times. Thank you, Mr. President. Your top economic priority has been to build up U.S. domestic manufacturing in competition with China. But your rules against expanding chip manufacturing in China is hurting South Korean companies that rely heavily on Beijing. Are you damaging a key ally in the competition with China to help your domestic politics ahead of the election? But the L.A. Times wants you to believe the White House just randomly guessed that question word for word. That's why I don't read the newspaper, because it's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. Reality with a bit of insanity. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, they're playing Def Leppard, who is still touring, by the way. Although at their age, they sing Pour Some Splenda on me. I don't know that they can have sugar. Uh, Joining us now is a a sweetener for any broadcast, radio, TV, or anything in between. He's the founder and executive director of Power of the Future, and I'm particularly flattered because he's risking his life to be in New York City with me today. (laughs) Daniel Turner is here, and the crowd goes wild. Hey, man. It is great to be here. I am, don't forget, I am a New Yorker, and Uh I'm going to throw on my Queen's accent for this whole segment to remind me. (laughs) But it is great to be, I mean, it's no longer home, but Uh it will always be, I'll always be in New York. Yeah, it's a thing. There's like a spiritual umbilical cord. If you grew up in this craziness, you never quite cut it off. No. But it's a different world now, like where it used to be no big deal to have have in-studio guests. Now you're like truly honored that someone would come into Midtown <laughs> just given everything between the crime and the crazies. And I believe you yourself said you had a harrowing attempt to get through the Midtown Tunnel. Uh, it's just absurd. I my, I was visiting mom and dad in Queens. Mm-hmm. It, it is, I think, seven miles point to point from here to where mom and dad live. And it took me over an hour and a half. That's pretty and, common. Yeah. People and, listening around the country don't believe that. You guys, okay? Yeah. The man drove seven miles 
in an hour and a half, and I want to congratulate you on the easy commute. Yeah. <laughs> like, wow, that's it? Ooh. And, and, and again, I did this at, at 11 o'clock in the morning. It's not exactly rush hour. That should, yeah, that shouldn't be. And it shouldn't be. And the reason why I get to the Brooklyn, uh, the, the uh, uh, Midtown Tunnel, mm-hmm. and half of it's closed. So you got three lanes converging to one to get through the tunnel. And as I'm finally approaching the tunnel, I'm like, all right, there's got to be an accident. Are they doing construction? They're always doing construction. Nope. There's just a car, not a cop car. It's one of those transit cars, yep, yep, yep. just blocking the entrance. And there's and you screw, walk, you go by, and you're like, "Why is this happening?" And then I remembered, "Oh, this is happening because they want people to take the subway." No question. They do not like the fact that you are in your car. They don't like the fact. No, my family has given up the subway because of the self pleasuring homeless. The amount of of weed. Mm-hmm. They're like, you just you smell like weed when you get off the subway because no one enforces it. Um, crime. Obviously, the, the females in my family are afraid to take the subway. Yeah. So they're either driving or they're taking you know L I R R. I don't. I'm not even kidding. I don't take the subway. Yeah. Uh, getting past all the crime and all of that because of the weed. Yeah. Because I'm so scared to get called into like an executive meeting here. Exactly. Because I look like a guy who'd smell like weed. <laughs> like, no! I didn't do anything. I get nothing to do. I'm totally like, legit. I can't even risk it like on the way to a meeting. That yeah. would be just my luck because weed is everywhere. Everywhere. It's crazy. Yeah. But the point you made, the bigger point is that they're trying to like, everything they do now is through force. They've yes. abandoned persuasion. Like they don't sell you climate change even so. Climate change always has a cosigner. We need to sign a climate change bill because it's racist. Mm-hmm. The climate change, you know, we need to sign a climate change bill because of the inflation. Yeah. Okay, the Inflation Reduction Act, which doesn't help inflation. Okay, but that's how they grandfather it in. Yeah. They can't actually persuade us to care. But the bigger problem is, is they're forcing you onto mass transit, which they started doing here under Bloomberg. Yep. The bike lanes. I'll tell you a great story about that. Oof. Okay. They're doing everything but focusing on what would make you want to take mass transit, which is making it safe and reliable. Yeah. You don't have those options. Yeah. You get on the New York City subway right now. First of all, the M train stands for maybe. It might, it might come. It might not come. I'm not sure. Okay, but then you get on the train, and it's the people from the thriller video. Do you remember when things go sideways? Michael Jackson's walking the girl home from the movie. Next thing you know, people are coming out of manholes and stuff. Exactly. That's the subway. That's, that's like, the... come on, get the kids, get on the subway. The environment. Yeah. Nobody cares. And and to show you how much it's changed, I mean, I remember being a freshman in high school, mm-hmm. so where I'll date myself, 1988, Ooh. and all my older brothers took the the subway to high school, mm-hmm. and you follow their lead. And my mom was like, "Here's your subway card or, or tokens back then, mm-hmm. and get on." And I was 13 years old, yeah. and there was no chaperoning. There was, but but the subways were safe enough to put a 13 year old kid by himself at seven in the morning and say, "Get to school." So just, and I think the analogy you made is great. So just like they they want you to take the subway, they'll eliminate your alternative or they'll punish you for the alternative it is the same with the green stuff they yep. want you to have an ev and they will punish the alternative by making fossil fuels expensive by by banning the combustion engine mm-hmm. they will force you to do what they want by by eliminating your choices think about that and they're charging you know they want to do congestion pricing here because that'll force people to abandon driving into the city it's such a scam daniel turner is in the house girlfriend let me tell you something that happened in the city that was one of the craziest most shameful things i've ever witnessed politically so when bloomberg was the mayor they shut down times square Mm -hmm. and created a pedestrian mall and shot one of the major traffic arteries they just killed it Mm -hmm. okay they conducted the study to compare the transit times through Times Square before the street closure and afterwards, 
They conducted it on the Sunday morning of Memorial Day weekend when 99% of the city is in the Hamptons. I happen to be driving a cab that, that I don't mean to show off. I know yeah. nobody likes to show. I don't mean the pistol whip you with my prosperity. But while everyone was out partying, I was working a 5 a.m. to 5 p.m. on a Sunday. And people got into my cab with stopwatches. And I didn't even know what was going on at first. They're like, we're going to take a few laps through the city. You can just run the meter. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. And we took 10 laps through the city. And we were literally the only car on the road. Yeah. The next morning on the cover of the Daily News, are like, Bloomberg's Times Square Raceway. Time's improved by three minutes. Isn't that awful? They did it when there was nobody on the road. It's just, it's, it's, it, this is the sign of government that hates you. Yes. That manipulates statistics, data to, to get and, their agenda. And you want to know the scam is? Okay. The next day driving my cab when that headline hit, because it didn't hit on Memorial Day. It hit on the Tuesday morning when everyone was back in the city to read the paper. I was picking up people in my cab and I'm like, ah, oh, this Times Square thing's fast. Who would have thought? I would have yeah. thought it was terrible. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. It's terrible. It That's is. That's the scam. And, and the, you know, we were talking right before we went live about even the congestion pricing. Mm-hmm. You have the city that takes a threshold like 10th Avenue, which used to be really four lanes, even with parking on both sides, um, that now is down to two lanes yep. with Bike lanes, bus lanes, no parking. And a restaurant. And exactly. And yeah, those restaurants. Restaurant shacks. seating in the road now. And then they say, wow, wow, the congestion is so bad, we need a tax. It's yeah. like, well, the congestion is bad because you eliminated half you the lanes. You shut the roads. And you, yeah, I get it. And it's so frustrating because I get it. If you're a healthy 28 year old and you want a bike to work, again, I hate bikes generally mm-hmm. speaking, mm-hmm. but do what you want, bike to work. But my mother is 80. I'm visiting her because she just had her, nip, her, 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 her knee replaced. Is she supposed to bike? Is she supposed? How is my mother supposed to get? And you know what? She wants to go see Neil Diamond. She's probably listening to this, and now she knows what I'll get her for her birthday. Aww. She wants to see the Neil Diamond Broadway show. How am I supposed to get her there? Do I? Do I? Uh, she can't drive because no. they can't find parking. No, no. And then they're afraid to get if they parked. They're afraid to walk the block yeah. to, the, to the theater. <laughs> so, so what do they do? So they leave their house at five thirty for an eight p.m. show. And look, why do you punish your people so much? Why, do, why does government hate its people? It's no way to live. Daniel Turner is in the house, executive director of Power of the Future. You can watch him on Kennedy tonight, a show I will be on as well. Yes. How about that? We're getting, excited. Band, getting the band back together on Kennedy. This is hot stuff. Okay, we're good pals. We go back. A lot of people have figured that out by now. Something else we talked about off the air. We were talking about Jennifer Granholm. I want to play this clip for the audience just to set it up. So Granholm was asked if we could have an all-electric military fleet by 2030. That was the question, and this is the answer. We'll react. It's clip 38. Do you support the military adopting that EV fleet by 2030? I do, and I think we can get there as well. And I do think that reducing our reliance on the volatility of globally traded fossil fuels, where we know that global events such as the war in Ukraine can jack up prices for people back home, it uh, does not contribute to energy security. I think energy security is achieved when we have homegrown clean energy that is abundant, like you see mm-hmm. in Iowa. We think that we can uh, be a leader globally in how we have become energy independent. Daniel Turner, what say you? It just lies. Uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's so frustrating to deal with this. One, um, sh- show me any uh, vehicle of substance that runs on electricity. You know, should, should the Air Force become all electric? Yeah. Is it even possible? How much do batteries weigh? Mm-hmm. Right? How much space do they take up? Could a tank ever be electric? What are the plans in place? What would the weight be? If you're telling me like some of these, if a battery could weigh 1,000 pounds in a car in yeah. some instances, 
What does a battery weigh in a tank or exactly. an F-18? Look at your average Tesla and realize that more than a quarter of the weight is the battery. And a Tesla, and you're a big guy, I'm a big guy, a Tesla is not a comfortable vehicle if you're larger than Pete Buttigieg. Yeah. Um, and and so, so, you know, the reason why they're small is because the battery takes up so much space. Yeah. And again, what a lie to say, like, by 2030, should we be all electric? How about this? Jimmy, do you agree with the fact that all of our kids should be proficient in math by 2030? Yeah. And you say, well, of course I, I oh. do. Is it possible? No. no. Look at our education system. Let's just be honest. Yeah. No, they would, they would never do that. But you know what is interesting? They try to make the case of how we're vulnerable to instability around the world. Yep. But we're only vulnerable because we relinquished our energy independence. Yeah. And when it comes to minerals, we're going to remain vulnerable because if we're getting most of this stuff from foreign countries, they could shut us down whatever they want. Yeah. Or and- a civil war or something like that. You know, who the hell knows what's going on in these mines? And notice how she uses that phrase over and over again, the volatility of internationally, globally traded commodity. And and you see, the only reason why it's volatile is because we are not producing yeah. more than we did four years ago, three years ago, because we don't control the market anymore. It's such a scam. It is. And it's, it's again, why does the government hate the people so much? Isn't the goal of the military, as the great Rush Limbaugh, and even quoting him on radio is, mm-hmm. is something beautiful about it, as the great Rush Limbaugh would say, the purpose of the military is to kill people and break things. Yeah. So the goal by the military for 2030 should be as big and strong as possible. Why are we playing these games, Royal? Well, I no. think the tank should run on electricity. <laughs> like, I think the tank should kill people you if under- necessary. Do you understand, like, uh, Saving Private Ryan would be a good example. Yeah. You know, that harrowing opening scene, D-Day. Okay. Now we'd be arranging the boats by representation. You wouldn't even have, like, the best shooters or the most fearful guy. would be like, I'm sorry. There's not enough diversity in boat number two. You know, and it, guys, it, you got tanks hitting the beach with "Hate has no home here" stickers on the back. Nobody, we, we used to be the team nobody wants to play. Yeah. To Russia's point, kill people and break stuff. Now it's you know I don't want you to hurt any feelings. Okay, we're going to war with China. You will not be using any slanderous terms on that battlefield. Or you're going <laughs> to die in the Hague. Could you imagine our little electric? craft trying to hit the beaches of Normandy and the the, 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 the door isn't opening because you have to reboot and you're like, hang on, let me reset. It's not powering. You know, it's not yeah. powering. We ran out of it. Someone get the plug. Yeah. Someone get a really long plug. Guys, I'm sorry. The planes aren't taking off. We haven't had a lot of wind lately. Uh, come on, man. It's, it's, it's absurd. There are no commercially viable uh, electric aircraft in the foreseeable future. They have had some that have run on electric power that have absolutely no cargo no no personnel on them. Uh, the whole thing is one gigantic solar panel, and it's been in the air for a couple hours. And, okay, that's really cool. But to say, like, like we just all saw Top Gun 2, yeah. to think any of those could do what they do on electric power <laughs> in the foreseeable future is just a lie. Stop so why it. are we pretending it's the truth? Imagine that. In the next Top Gun, instead of like singing "You've Lost That Love and Feeling" at the bar, they're doing it at the charging station. <laughs> Three hours of the movie is just Maverick charging his plane. It's like, listen, the little we'd, engines. We'd, we'd love to go shoot down these Migs, but we haven't had a lot of sun lately to power the solar. And again, the power that they plug it into is still coming from fossil fuels. Yeah, that's the other thing. That's just the joke. It, it, even the term "clean" is just just a fabrication. Clean is a made 
made-up term that they apply to what they like, and they call you dirty because they don't like you. And yeah. I'm just tired of these games. It's everything. It's like when they say, like, common-sense gun laws. Yeah. You go, well, I'd like a common-sense gun. That seems reasonable. No one opposes common-sense yeah. solutions. Oh, that seems like a good idea. It's like, again, <laughs> it's like what they do with everything, the Inflation Reduction Act. You're like, yeah. well, inflation is bad, guys. We should probably do something. And then you find out, according to the CBO, that it drives inflation up. Yeah. <laughs> it's like me and you are passing a bill called Save the Puppies, and once it passes, we're literally gunning down puppies <laughs> like it's Kid Rock with a Bud Light can. But yeah. everyone votes. Like, well, I, I'd want to save, save the puppies. I love puppies. Puppies are the best. Yeah, yeah. I, I watch them on TikTok all the time. The sloganeering, the wordsmithing, I think the American people are getting sick of, especially because as Biden tries to make his case to run again, people are filling up their gas tank. They're buying bread. They're buying eggs. They're paying bills. And and none of, that, none of the, the words of... One day this is going to work, but right now it stinks. Mm-hmm. And we live right now. Yeah. As, as Kamala Harris would say, we need to take presence of the time in which we live to know that can the I, can people I tell you of the time of the now. God. <laughs> God love you for bringing that up. You brought it up. And I, you want to know what? Shame on me as a host because I played this like six times yesterday. It's so good. I might have gotten through today without playing this clip again. Thank you for this. But well, I admit I failed you as an audience because I should have played this three times by now. <laughs> Justin, can you please give us clip 35? So beautiful. So I think it's very important, as you have heard from so many incredible leaders, for us at every moment in time, and certainly this one, to see the moment in time in which we exist and are present and to be able to contextualize it, to understand where we exist in the history and in the moment as it relates not only to the past but the future. Oh, God. What would you do with a brain if you had one? <laughs> it sounds like the Whitney Houston song, Give yeah. Me One Moment in Time. It is. It's just... It's just poetry that makes no sense whatsoever. No sense at no. all. No. Like, we could do a bit. Like, what is she trying to say? Yeah. Have you heard the other clip? I won't even play the whole thing. Uh, we have a montage of where she talks about what can be unburdened from what has been. Listen to this. How many times she's used this phrase. It's the pursuit of doing things better than we have done and seeing what is possible unburdened by what has been. We see what can be unburdened by what has been. What can be unburdened by what has been? What can be unburdened by what has been? We see what can be unburdened by what has been. <laughs> this is a Looney Tunes. Looney Tunes? That's all, folks. I mean, yeah. I think she and and the president they 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 both are very self impressed. They think they are deeply insightful. They think they are you know they they really are self impressed. They have the overconfidence yeah. of, of someone whose like parents and friends didn't level with them. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like a drunk guy getting into a fight. He's like, "Why'd you break it up? I had him." Like, dude, <laughs> they were literally toe tagging your body. Yeah. Like they were, you were, de- you were an actual dead. Co- you were a corpse. No, bro, I had it. That's, I had it. She, th- I, I do actually believe she thinks she's doing good. Yeah. It's really scary to watch, but that's our backup QB. It's oh my gosh, for, for <laughs> it's exactly. Not good. And and the, yeah. I don't know who the who the Republican nominee will be, but I look forward to those debates. The word salad of those debates. Yeah, yeah. Bring some croutons, folks. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Turner. I'll see you on Kennedy tonight. Thanks, Jimmy. The critics have spoken. It's a mess. It's a mess. This is Fox Across America. Oh, girl. It is Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. Shannon Bream 
coming up in the next hour. And we're going to have a grown-up talk about all the Republicans jumping into the race. You got DeSantis and Scott both claiming they'll be the next president of the United States. Wrong. Two exploratory committees underway. And now Nikki Haley being referred to as Mickey Haley after she stuck up for Disney. That's Use your common sense. Basically what happens in the primary season, if you're new to politics, and I know a lot of you listeners are, you know, because this is kind of a different way to consume them. You've got this goofy guy who sounds like he's getting paid in Tide Pods and cheap tequila, and you suddenly find yourself listening to this crap. (laughs) But what happens in the primary season is everybody pretty much stands for the same things. Like in the Republican Party, they all, you know, they're they're all going to say we want a secure border, we want safe streets, we want low taxes. Okay, we want to reduce our dependence on foreign oil. Okay, that's pretty much the Republican position. So they have to draw distinctions anywhere they can find them. And in this instance, Nikki Haley was like, well, DeSantis is fighting with Disney. I guess what I'll do is I'll take Disney's side is what I'll do. And uh, that's getting her a little bit of backlash because people are on DeSantis' side in terms of his position towards Disney, which is to stop gaslighting the public over this don't say gay bill. But because she needs to, you know, create an opening, she got in there and was like, nah, I'm with Disney. They can move over to South Carolina and do all that. But Disney ain't moving and the Republicans ain't moving towards her either, unfortunately. Let me explain this to you one more time. We'll do it in the next hour. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you bet it is. And we are fired up in this hour. Shannon Bream, host of Fox News Sunday, Bell of the Cable News Ball, is joining us. She, of course, is going to be giving us an inside take on what's going on inside the Beltway, where she, of course, hosts Fox News Sunday and walks the country through a who's who of people who want to be the next president of the United States. Now, we have a guy in there right now, as you know. This man needs a retirement home and a warm bowl of soup. A lot of people feel that way. So, of course, the race to replace him is heating up. I mean, it is getting vicious out there in the Republican Party. You and me are going to fight when that bell rings at 3 o'clock. Shannon Bream, of course, is the referee. And so we'll have the way in the tail of the tape and all of that Don King fun stuff with the promotion in between uh, at 888-788-9910 in what I think a lot of people would consider to be the most you know predictable political development of the year. Ron DeSantis uh, has formally announced a presidential exploratory committee. And what that means is he's now weeks away like Tim Scott of actually running for president. Okay, the way it works is an exploratory committee means they're going to see how much money they can raise, basically, in the next three weeks. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. But the point is, if, in fact, they meet their fundraising goals and they decide they really want to do this and there's some traction, they're going to go for it. Now, Tim Scott's running and DeSantis is running, okay? And the reason we know they're running is because the commercials are starting to air. Okay, when you see DeSantis commercials around the dial, that means the packs that are behind him are all in. When you see Tim Scott now on TV, an animated Tim Scott was on with Brian Kilmeade last night. Okay, you realize it's go time. By the time this is over, I don't know that Pence will get into the uh, 
I don't know that Mike Pence is getting into this race. There's still people rumored about Chris Christie running. There's a slob. There's a real slob. Okay, whatever. But the point is, there's also been a rumor that Pence wants to do it. This guy will say anything. Because Pence has been pretty critical of Trump. But the reality is, any way you slice it, by the end of the month of May, Trump will be obviously in the race, as he is now. Nikki Haley in the race, as she is now. Asa Hutchinson, former governor of Arkansas, brings it to three. And at a bare minimum, you'll have Scott and you'll have DeSantis, which gets us all the way up to five. Five people who really, really want a shot at this thing because on the other end of this battle is Joe Biden, who, as Ted Cruz said yesterday, is 142 years old. Here it is, clip four. I think that absolutely is going to be a major issue for discussion in this election. Listen, Joe Biden is 142 years old. Um, in a very real sense, this election, the Democrats are suggesting Kamala Harris for president. You're right. There's a real possibility if Biden were to win, and I don't think he's going to, but if he were to win, there's a very real possibility that Kamala Harris becomes the president. Come on, man. No, really think about this. Here's Corrine Jean-Pierre. This was her honest answer. She was asked by the White House press corps, do you think Biden will go a full eight years? Meaning, does he finish two terms if he gets elected twice? She wouldn't give an answer. The White House ultimately forced her to go on to Twitter and clarify. But here's her initial response to whether or not you think this guy can go to the distance. Clip eight. The president um, planned to serve all eight years. (laughs) I'm not I'm just not going to get ahead of the president. That's something for him to decide. (laughs) I'm not going to get ahead of the president. Don't change the subject. Just answer the question. But what's so telling about that is that. She's the White House press secretary. She is paid to lie for a living. And she couldn't even instinctively know you have to say yes to that question. I think he's got a point. Okay, literally. He could have been backstage, okay, not even knowing her name or his name, which is frequently the case according to people I know who work in this White House. But if you're asked, can this guy go eight years, you have to say yes. Okay, certain questions don't require hesitation. Like I said yesterday, if you say to a group of little kids, hey, you want to get ice cream? They they don't actually say, well, I'm going to defer you to good humor and my parents, who'd be the arbiter of such a final decision, they bearing the financial responsibility of the purchase. So I'm in no position to answer that question. No. She punted the ball on what has to be a political absolute. Joe Biden can't run for president if he looks the camera in the eye and goes, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to make it. Okay, he can't do that because then he's flat out admitting we might have a president Kamala. No, God, no, God, please, no, no, no. Kamala Harris is polling worse than him. Like Meghan Markle is more popular with the royal family than Kamala Harris is with the American family. Here she is. I played this clip in the last hour, and I should be playing it even more. Kamala Harris is weapons-grade stupid. And I'll play this clip again because it it should inspire you. If this woman can be vice president, you you can literally be anything. Anything is possible in this country. Listen to clip 35. So I think it's very important, as you have heard from so many incredible leaders, for us at every moment in time, and certainly this one, to see the moment 
in time in which we exist and are present. And to be able to contextualize it, to understand where we exist in the history and in the moment as it relates not only to the past but the future. Do you speak any English? I mean, what is she saying? It's very important at this moment in time and every moment in time in our present, be able to hide and contextualize to understand where we exist in the history and in the moment in time as it relates not only to the past, but also to the future. What we've got here is failure to communicate. Okay, this is a really stupid person. I I wish her no ill will. It's not because of her race. It's not because of her gender. It's because of her stupidity. That person can't represent us on the world stage. Just like Joe Biden can't represent us, which is the reason why he's sitting around with cheat sheets when he does a press conference. He's getting out there and they're fielding the questions ahead of time. That was embarrassing. But they have to do it because the guy can't vouch for himself. This is where we are as in America right now. It's not Republican. I'm I'm not making a Republican point. Okay, you don't have to be a Republican to acknowledge that Joe Biden had a cheat sheet at yesterday's press conference. They fed him the question and the answer ahead of time. That's no bueno, no good. Kamala Harris just made a 35-second statement, and none of us know what she was even attempting to say. You don't have to be a Republican to make that observation. You don't need to be some you know, Fox News right-wing strong man. No, I am just a dude, a dad, a husband, former cab driver. Some guy's got to go on TV three times when he gets off the radio today and suck it in hard. I got me. Ooh, it's gotten a little crazy with the fork and knife. You're killing yourself the way you eat. Y'all fat. F- look at you. But the points I'm trying to make are just basic human points. OK, the people in charge of the White House right now shouldn't be in charge of a Waffle House straight up. And I love a Waffle House. And there's a lot more smarts. And there's a lot more wherewithal to run a Waffle House than there is to run a White House where it's just straight political theater. All right, go out, read this statement, call on these reporters. You can have the pudding cup. And that's what we're doing. Okay, you can't run a country that way. But it's the reason these primaries are getting so contentious. So, you know, Trump, who's supposed to be the most vicious street fighter in the history of politics, is now saying, given his lead in the primaries, that he's not even going to engage in political debates. He's not even going to show up in August to the debates. To me, that's a dumb move, okay, because it's going to project weakness and it's going to allow the media, who are already going to caricature Trump in the worst ways imaginable, as a coward. And the media very much, do you understand, is going to be disparaging Trump to the moon and back. But the reason they're going to do so is they want him to run, I meaning they want to run against him. Trump is the only shot the Democrats have to win because people will turn out to vote against him. They won't turn out to vote for Biden, but they will turn out to vote against Trump. Okay, they're not going to turn out in in numbers to vote against DeSantis, to vote against Scott. They don't know to hate them that much. They haven't been in the public eye for as long. But here is Trump saying he's not even going to debate because he's up by 40 in the primary polls. Clip 18. Uh, 28, 28, 28. So (laughs) clip 28. There was word that you may not do a Republican debate. Is that true? Well, I'm leading by 40 points. And a lot of people say, why would you do a debate when you have people at 2 and 3 and 15 and 14? And uh, DeSanctis is coming way down. You know, he's, he's really 
showed us stuff. So that's Trump, okay? And he gets a follow-up on this, clip 29. A little bit longer. Clip 29, buddy. With the debates, why would I debate when everybody is— and if you look back at history in terms of these primaries— People don't debate when they have these massive leads. They say, why, why would we debate? I would have a hostile group of anchors, a hostile network asking questions. Why would I do that? And you're up with the people. And, you know, my popularity is the highest because, you know, part of the reason it's the highest is because the people in office right now are doing so badly. I mean, they're so bad that it's very high. So I don't know that I do the debate. The Reagan Library is, you know, nice, but the Reagan Library is run by the Washington Post. Who wants the Washington Post? Why is the Washington Post running the Reagan Library? You know, the publisher of the Washington Post is the chairman of the Reagan Library. And that's where one of the debates would be. So he's saying no debates, the Reagan Library. It's really liberal. I don't know that that's true. Uh, but I got to be honest with you. If he does, you know, and he's just smack talking. Okay, Trump changes his mind a lot. But it would be a really bad move for the Republican Party not to have the idea battle because if they get on that stage and talk substance, they're going to win this election. Okay? The Democrats have run the country into the ground. Like straight, I mean, listen, I mean, there's nothing you can point me to that's a deliverable. That's better now than it was when they took over. Biden sucks. Okay, and that's reflected in the polling. 70% of Americans don't want him running again, period. They do not want him running. Forget winning, running. Don't even do it. Thank you, but no. In an era where everything on earth gets a sequel, Howard the Duck got a sequel. Okay, everything that ever made gets a sequel. This is the one sequel we can't abide. Yet they're trying to do it again, at least for the time being. So you understand, okay, they have gloriously mismanaged this country, and people have felt they have borne the brunt of inflation. Okay, they've seen rising crime. They've seen rising gas prices and rising food prices. They saw the government trample their rights with a COVID mandate for a vaccine that didn't even work. Didn't work. The vaccine doesn't work, okay? I have it. It's in my body. I'm not here as some anti-vax loony. I'm just telling you the point of a vaccine is to stop you from getting some type of illness. Okay, a good example would be like the, you know, the polio vaccine or the measles vaccine. You've never once ever lived a year in this country since those vaccines hit the market where we had 20 million people catch that disease. I think he's got a point. But you have it happen with covid. Why? Because it's not a vaccine. It's a therapeutic. In some instances, it might lessen your symptoms. But they made it mandatory. Even after flat out telling you they'd never make it mandatory. No, I don't think it should be mandatory. I wouldn't demand to be mandatory. But Perhaps oh, whoa. the federal Weird. government should step in and issue mandates. And if not, are you putting the needs of unvaccinated people ahead of the needs of vaccinated people? I think the question here, one, that's not the role of the federal government. Um, that is the role that institutions, private sector entities, uh, and others may take. That certainly is appropriate. Also, local communities uh, are going to take uh, steps they need to take. I don't think you'll ever see a mandating of vaccine, particularly for the general public. Fauci's just pulling stuff out of his butt. Totally. And he's tried to abandon every position he took on COVID. Well, all right, turns out the masks only work 10% of the time. First I said don't wear them, then I said wear them, then I said wear two of them. Now I'm saying don't wear them again. 
But I never said any. It's like, come on, man. But they don't want to own any of the damage they've done to the country. And they won't have to own it if this becomes a referendum on the 2020 election or just who can call each other the best names. Trump belongs on that debate stage so they can duke it out and have the idea battle. Because if they have the idea battle, the Republicans are going to win. If the Republicans sail in 2024 is this is how we'd improve the country, they're going to win. If the Republican, you know, race is just reduced to who can insult each other the most on social media, then the Democrats are going to get another four years. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife, and hide your husband because they're raping everybody out here. The show that's standing up to big tech. Get those nerds! 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 You're listening to Fox Across America. And now, great moments in presidential history. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. I just spoke at Dartmouth at the medical school. Or not, I guess I wasn't actually on the campus, but the people from the medical school were at the... I, I want to be clear. I'm not going nuts. I'm not sure whether it's a medical school or where the hell I spoke. <laughs> we have a president that is clearly not all there. Fox Across America with your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon. Shannon Bream is coming up. We're talking uh, 2024. And Whoopi Goldberg, I got to do this to you, folks. I do have to play a clip from The View. I got to do it. No, God! I got to do it. I have to do this part of the gig. The View is awful. Doesn't matter, Lincoln. We got to do this. So Whoopi Goldberg says Joe Biden will be fine. Just shut up and get behind Joe Biden. If everybody throws their support, it is clip five. Democrats, I don't know why you're talking about, you know, who's the person to do the job is doing the job. Yeah. You get behind him and we won't have a problem. The minute you start making inroads on maybe this person, maybe this person, we're we're done for. Also, so make a decision. Make a decision. Also, he, he needs another four years to finish the job. You can't fight fascism in four years only. No. You need eight years for that. Well, you know what? <laughs> but you also <laughs> on Twitter. You were fighting fascism. Yeah. Yeah. You also need. You also need people to recognize what their best interests are. Because he has had a lot of accomplishments. You know, he's he's yeah. done a lot for the country, and he brought us mm. back from the precipice. Maybe you. Mm. It's not a perfect country, but it's better than where we were. I'm surrounded. She said it's not a perfect country, but it's better than where we were. That is a fact check false. Illegal border crossings are at an all-time high. Fentanyl poisoning deaths are at an all-time high. The murder rate is at a 35-year high. Inflation is at a 40-year high. Gas is nearly $2 a gallon over where it was when this guy took office. Biden is such a disaster. Nobody, and I literally mean nobody, is better off in this country because Joe Biden is the president of the United States. Are they better off in Beijing? Absolutely. Are they better off if they're running a drug cartel that's exploiting our wide open southern border? Absolutely. But this is the same Whoopi Goldberg who not only said Biden was right for the presidency, but Jill was right to be Surgeon General. And she's not a real doctor. Dr. Jill becomes a Surgeon General. His wife. Yeah, Joe Biden's wife. Because she, you know, she he would never do it. But she, she, yeah, she's a hell of a doctor. 
She's an amazing doctor. I thought she was I just a doctor like, and PhD. Yeah. yeah. I don't I don't oh, I could be wrong. Maybe I thought she was yeah, a I think she, I know <laughs> she's, she's a teacher, but <laughs> It's the morning show that uh overslept. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Another shining moment for our country coming your way. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Joe Biden uh, at the White House had a public event with children a little while ago. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did. It's Bring Your Kid to Work Day. And, of course, the biggest child on hand happens to be in charge of the whole country. What could go wrong? Listen to this one. The last country I've traveled, I'm drinking once with the last one I was in. I, I've, I've been to 89 met with 89 heads of state so far. So uh, I'm trying to think, what was the last, where was the last place I was? It's hard to keep track. Um, I was, I, I mean, yeah, you're right, Ireland. That's where it was. How'd you know that? Have you ever had a check? <laughs> you know, last country I was in, I don't, I don't remember. I mean, listen, in his defense, he doesn't know what country he's in right now. But here's another gem. Here, give me this other one. It's great. Mr. President, I heard you have to get back to the Oval Office. What was that? Oh. Hi, how are you? Hi. What'd you say to you? I said you have to get back to the... I heard you had to get back to the Oval Office. And by the way, the one thing I thought when I got to be president, I'd get to give orders. But I take more orders than I ever did, and you're right. What's your name? Kathleen. Kathleen, what a beautiful name. Kathleen's reminding me, I've got to get back to the office. If I don't go, they're going to get the Secret Service working on me, so I'm going to be in trouble. <laughs> you must have got manure for your brains. Uh, he's a mess, man. He, listen, he mingles with kids well. Uh, the audio doesn't do it justice because as he's leaning in, the Secret Service is diving to protect the kids from Biden sniffing their hair. <laughs> we got to play a little defense here. They got the shock collar on him again. They can't let him around little kids because they're afraid he'll grab him and start sniffing him. So they go, wow, that's what happens. Biden sees a little kid and he's, <laughs> come on, man. That's how it goes down. Oh, it's so creepy. It's so weird. But this is your president. I don't know what country I was just in. Uh, you know, it happens to all of us. Listen, I have slips of my mind a lot. And uh, I'm, you know. For literally like 40 years younger than this guy. So I just, I can't even imagine. But the point is, as we get into this with Shannon Bream, she's coming up in the next break. The reason it's so contentious, like these Republican primaries, like I, you know, I always filter politics through sports. I'm a sports fan, okay? And I love to talk politics from a standpoint of who's winning and who's losing and why. Love to talk about the execution of politics. And I can tell you as a consumer of sports, of a guy who likes a good heavyweight boxing match, this Republican primary is going to be so good because you got some real heat in there. Okay, DeSantis, you think about this. DeSantis ran for governor once with Trump's support and won by less than 10,000 votes. Real slugfest with Andrew Gillum, wound up winning by 10,000 votes. But now understand he wins reelection by a million and a half and double digits his increase in support from women and Latinos. Like DeSantis is coming into this thing. You might not like him. He might not be popular. He is coming in with heavyweight credentials. Trump is an incumbent president, okay? Excuse me, a former president. 
He beat Hillary Clinton, of course. He lost to Joe Biden. Wrong. Okay, but the point is Joe Biden got to become the president and Trump didn't. So understand, Trump is a guy who's run two presidential campaigns. He's the most omnipotent media figure who's ever lived. This is clearly a heavyweight matchup. Then you've got Tim Scott walking into this thing as the first black American elected to both houses of Congress. He is a historic figure. He's the best thing about the American story. He's the one thing the Democrats truly legitimately fear in this race because he takes away their ability to successfully play the race card. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. Totally. And then you've got Nikki Haley coming in as a former governor, as someone who is an Indian American woman, as someone who really weakens the Democratic argument about misogyny and everything in between, the patriarchy and blah, 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 heavyweights, truly formidable people. And then also getting into the ring with those four is the entirety of the media that those four will be battling against. So you understand the food fight that's about to ensue. It's a WWE battle royal. Trump in the ring, DeSantis in the ring, Nikki Haley in the ring, Tim Scott in the ring. And as they're hitting each other with steel chairs, jumping off the top rope, throwing haymakers at one another in the center of the ring, you know, like they do a WWE style. I'll break you in half like a little toothpick. On top of that, they've got the media standing ringside like Mr. Fuji, blowing Fuji dust in their eyes so they can't see. Or Bobby the Brain Heenan gouging them as they lean (laughs) along the turnbuckle. It is about to be the most vicious thing you've ever seen. But again, it's one of those deals where it's only getting vicious because of how high the stakes are and how low their opponent's going to be if, in fact, it turns out to be Joe Biden. And I'm out here in the real world, and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. The show that sees through the bullshit. My response is right, you know, and the stripper really likes you. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. They're playing Toto. You know they're fired up about this now. If they're playing Toto before a guest... It's a big deal, uh, and you'll understand why the second I introduce her. She is the host of Fox News Sunday. I am talking about the one and only high-flying, death-defying Shannon Bream in the house. There it is. Hey, girl. Hey, listen, Toto, ah, it's the best setup music ever. Isn't Maybe it? second only to Def Leppard. I know you like some Leopard. So what happened is we played some Leopard earlier in the day. You know, we, we kind of we switch it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. But Toto, this is a weird thing about Toto. Toto to me is spring music. Like, you know the song Rosanna? Oh, like, Rosanna. There yeah, it yeah. is. So good. Now you sound like the president of South Korea. You're singing in D.C. Oh, my goodness. If only I can get my own signed guitar from um, Toto. <laughs> it was not a, and a state dinner. If let, I do, will you come to my state dinner? Yo, not only will I come to your state dinner. But it's this is a rumor. I haven't confirmed this with the American people yet. But I might be chaperoning you at the White House Correspondents' Dinner this week. Oh, I hope it's true. Well, no, I'll be there. We're just trying to confirm that they're letting you anywhere near an open bar. Is that true? <laughs> 
listen, I got to work the next day. It's a school night for me, so well, I will be guzzling some sparkling water. Okay, so <laughs> that's let's, gonna be about it for right, me. Let's have an honest talk then. Let's have a you and me moment. Then, okay, okay, all right. Because I'm Take gonna because I was there last year. I'm there this year. I'm working mm-hmm. that night. What I mean is, Ooh. they always stick me on the red carpet to do a few hits with Lawrence Jones back here in Love New York. Love it. Which is an honor and it's exciting and it's such a cool event to be a part of. So um, fun. But mm-hmm. now stick with me. Are they giving me that assignment because they think I'm good on my feed and I'm fun, or are they uh-huh. doing that to keep me away from the bar? Oh, but what if you snuck to the bar, did some pre-gaming, then <laughs> took to the red carpet? You would show them. I mean, you're going to show them how it's done. <laughs> you guys are my best friends. <laughs> <laughs> I love you so much. Lawrence, I love you the we best. We be hugging and everything. It would be great. <laughs> I'm gonna get, I'll hold you up as you're teetering around the yeah, red carpet. I, I'm going to get tased by the Secret Service. Biden's going to walk by me, and I'm going <laughs> to hug him on the red carpet. I listen, oh. I always tell you I'm good for your bail money. Oh, I love you, Shannon. I know Brian. some attorneys. Now, I will have you know, because I did not uh, necessarily cross paths with you last year in my travels, but me and Emily Campagno show up to the correspondence dinner armed with a boombox. Like, I bring a Bose Ooh, portable speaker. Like like a say anything kind of moment? Yeah, it's it's not quite. We don't hold up the cards. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, but we do bring the jams. And even in the after party in the lobby last year, like, we set up at the bar at the, at the Hilton and shut Ooh, it down. Like, we shut it dang. down. So just know what you're getting See, yourself into. When you guys are going to bed is when I'm getting up for Fox News Sunday. <laughs> Maybe I should just stay up all the way through. And I could do the show in my evening gown. Listen, yeah, because I was going to say, the idea that you think we're going to bed is adorable. We're getting our money. <laughs> Shannon Bream, we're getting our money's worth. This is a big deal. So Dang right, because D.C. is such a party town. <laughs> I'm a, listen, <laughs> I'm excited. You're going to show us how it's done. Yeah, exactly. I'll be down there tomorrow. I'll be down there doing my show from the Bureau tomorrow. Super um, excited. Yeah, there's, there's a lot happening. But let's get into this. I can't this. wait to see you. Yeah, okay. well, it's, it's a big deal. No, I'm excited, I know, too. I, mean, I know. You can't wait to see me because you don't know what I'm wearing. Once you know what we I'm got wearing. got charcuterie platter out for you, and I cannot <laughs> wait for the outfit of the day. <laughs> It's coming. happening. It's coming. All right. Really quick. Walk me through this. So if a guy like DeSantis or Tim Scott, no, it was DeSantis yesterday who announced the formation of an exploratory committee. What does that actually mean to us? Is that a fundraising thing? Is there a legal ramification to doing that? What, what should we know about that? I mean, it means yeah, he's running. What does it mean? It means I'm about to announce that I'm running because I, I can't – I'm sure it happens. But I can't think of anybody out there who's like, I'm launching an exploratory committee. And then like three weeks later, we have explored, and there's no option for me, so I'm not actually going to run. Yeah. I don't know. You think that's what an exploratory committee is supposed to do, but I've never actually heard somebody say we explored it, and it's a no-go. <laughs> um, and it does, it does trigger FEC and fundraising and fun, all, all kinds of different things, just like it did with President Biden when he said, um, I'm actually going to run again. That's the next level, obviously. But when you're a sitting office holder and you announce that you're running for something else, it affects a lot of things about what, how you pay for stops. Are they campaign stops or are they part of your job as president or governor? I mean, all kinds of things kick in. So this is the first step in that process. Okay, but it's coming because once you, yeah, you yeah. made the point and nobody ever explores. What they're basically exploring is the, uh, the buffet circuit to fundraise on, correct? Oh, I mean, from New Hampshire to Nevada to South Carolina to <laughs> Iowa. Although a friend of mine over um, who is a guy, I'm, I'm going to give credit because when you steal a line, you should give a credit. He's talking about all the GOP candidates are making their way through Jerusalem. And he, he works over there. He's a dual um, Israeli-U.S. citizen. He says Israel is the new Iowa. Like that all these GOP contenders have to come over and show that they're actually a serious friend to Israel, that they're plugged into the foreign policy that's important to conservatives. And so 
add that to the lineup too. Governor DeSantis wow. is headed there. Yeah, they got some flying to do. There's a lot going on. Yeah. Um, we're talking to the great Shannon Bream. You can watch Fox News Sunday every Sunday. I mean, you could watch it seven days a week if you DVR it. That's the nice thing about it. I mean, I think my mom does. Yeah, oh no, it's on loop. You know when you go like shopping in retail at December and you just hear all I want for Christmas is you the whole time you're in the mall? Oh my goodness, that, I can't. Well, that, But that's how Fox News Sunday works in most houses. They just leave it on <laughs> like it's Mariah Carey at Christmas time. I hope they're giving royalties on that one. I was going to say, if I could get the Mariah-level royalties, then yes, keep it going. <laughs> we'll talk about it. Um, is there a time constraint that you know of on an exploratory committee? Like, does it does it run out or anything from a legal no. standpoint? I would think it probably has some parameters. So you can't just be raising money and exploring forever, even if you especially you know you're, not, you're really going to run. Because some of these folks, you know, they sniff around the edges, they test it, whatever. But because it does launch, you know, some different considerations with fundraising and whatever, I would bet it's got a time limit on it, okay. an expiration date of sorts. All right. That makes sense. Because, you know, mm-hmm. these are the ins and outs we need from you, Shannon Bream. I, mean, I don't know. I need to call my FEC experts. Well, you're listen. I've got a couple on speed dial. you got a guy. Okay. That's No, that's Who good. Who knows a guy? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, how far along are you in terms of the process? Me and Emily had like a serious wardrobe consultation on the show Ooh, the other day. Yeah. yeah, Did, yeah. I, I mean, a gal like Shannon Bream, I would, I, I, have you committed to a dress yet? Have you said have yes committed. to the dress? I've locked it down. Several designers reached out. Mm-hmm. And it's been sort of a March Madness bracket situation. I've narrowed them down. <laughs> I've notified the finalists. And yes, I have got I've got something locked in. Oh, I love it. Well, I'm about to do that. I'm about to call up Old Navy, my designers. They've <laughs> <laughs> got a mean tuxedo T-shirt. Oh, no, they'll get I it. I think would be fitting for you. Thank you, Shannon Bream. I will rock a tuxedo T-shirt. But I got to be honest with you. Like, I'm, I'm bringing it. Like, last year, I'm not. I wore a white tux. Not a white tux. Like, black pants, white jacket. No, but it really uh-huh. works in that environment because there's such a good spring vibe to the correspondence yeah. dinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I genuinely love the pageantry of it all. I love the whole thing. Like, they do you know they you know they kind of mockingly refer to it as nerd prom uh mm-hmm. you know that's always the hashtag but it very much has it. yeah it has the pageantry what i kind of look at it as is it's like a semi well behaved giant bridal party cuz everyone's in a tux mm. but no one's getting married no one there is getting married it's like a giant wedding without a bride and a groom does that make sense yeah it does and listen this is nerd prom to be to be fair like all of us press and wonky DC people, mm-hmm. like, you know, the, uh, listen, we know who we are, and they call this sort of like ugly person's Hollywood. Like, <laughs> we have celebrities here, but we don't look like Angelina Jolie. You know what I mean? The celebrities are here are for, you know, smart or political we, connivers or for, you know, tacticians or yeah. whatever. We're a different kind of, yeah. you know, entertainment. So, so are you telling me tomorrow night on the party circuit I should be wary of who I'm talking to? Oh, speak right into the open lapel microphone. Be <laughs> <laughs> there. Everybody's got the stuff from the spy museum. You know, they're yeah. recording you through your pens or whatever. <laughs> Just assume that any conversation you're ever having anywhere in D.C. is being recorded yeah, by I'm, someone. So, so to be clear, I'm actually going tomorrow night dressed as a mime. I'm going to have like the. <laughs> I promise you, if you do that, I will pay you $1 million. I could probably get a second million from media relations. So I'm going to take you up on that. Uh, Shannon Bream, you're the coolest person I know. I'll see you out on the dance floor. I'll see you on the red carpet. If you're tipsy, I got you. Oh, that's, you're the best. All right, big, big time. We'll, we'll talk. Okay, bye. <laughs> bye. There she goes, Shannon Bream, chaperoning big game James on the red carpet. I have to tell you, because I did this last year, they. 
I report live from the correspondence dinner. So, like, literally, like, the president's walking in, like, Kim Kardashian and Pete Davidson. And I'm there. I'm doing hits on the red carpet. Like, ah, oh, this is going on. It's like you're a reporter at the Oscars, but you have talent. And um, we'll basically be there, uh, like, four or five times over the course of the night. And last year, when I got the assignment, I really was flattered. I was like, wow, this is, like, quite a responsibility. I grew up watching this event. It's like hosting New Year's Eve. You know, the fact that they let me host New Year's Eve the last couple of years, I was like, wow, this is like a really big deal. It's quite an honor. But now I realize part of the reason I'm getting the gig is because I've become pretty visible on the channel. And I think they just want to know where I am at all times at an occasion where things could go sideways and I could potentially embarrass the network. (laughs) So they're always just like, hey, Jimmy, why don't you go over here and do a hit from this room that has no alcohol or cameras in it? You can go be over there. And then when you're then go in the kitchen, you can hang out in the kitchen. They're basically just trying to keep me away from the bar. I'm on to you, Fox. I thought we had something. I thought I I thought it was a rising star. It turns out I'm just wearing an ankle bracelet for the protection of this network, which is not true. It's it is quite an honor. And if you are around Saturday night, watch it. You'll really get a kick out of it. And the best thing about it is for real. Um like tomorrow night on the DC party circuit, I'm very much a fish out of water and that I'm going down there. I don't have uh, much of a background in this industry in terms of knowing all the players and the reporters and everybody else. So I'm just like kind of a dude hanging out. And I'll report back on Monday and tell you everything, everything I see, everybody I run into, everything that goes on, all that crazy closed-door celebrity, you know, stuff that happens. Uh, and it's really fascinating because it's like one of us, literally one of us, goes to hang out with one of them. And I do make that claim uh, with absolute certainty. Like if you show up to one of my stand-up shows and you meet me, you're like, I don't know, he's one of us. You don't feel you left – meeting like a TV star, you know? If anything, you meet me at a meet and greet and you leave a little underwhelmed by the whole thing. That boy is a P-I-G pig. (laughs) That's what it it is. You know what I'm saying? Uh, So the point is, it's a wild weekend. I'll be doing the show live from the Bureau down in Washington, D.C. tomorrow. I'm going down to the swamp. We're not going to drain the swamp. We'll interview the swamp. It'll be a banner day. And then tomorrow night I'll be on the cocktail circuit. Uh, but before any of that can happen, before any of it can happen, I got three more TV hits today. So when this radio thing goes its separate ways, to keep it in 80s music parlance, when we pull a journey and go our separate ways, uh, I will still be waiting for you with open arms on the TV. I am on with Larry Kudlow. On Fox Business today at 4.45, uh, I will also be classing up the party panel on Kennedy tonight on Fox Business at 7 p.m. And then in the 11 o'clock hour, I am on Gutfeld with Greg Gutfeld, our lovable comedy dwarf. We're getting the band back together tonight at 11. I am on the party panel doing what I do best, which is dressing fairly well uh, and dishing jokes at the level you yourself could never dare dream of achieving. I kid, I love you. You're the best. I'm still humble. Don't you dare think that about me. But this show is over. You do have to pay up. You do have to get out. You don't have to watch me on TV. But I'd appreciate it if you tuned in on the radio tomorrow. Either way, you slice it. You can be a Republican. You can be a Democrat. You can be a Libertarian. You can be independent. Just don't be a... Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.